You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. I am a type A. I'm a planner. I'm a ducks in a row kind of girl. Do things more inside the box than outside the box. So I think the journey that God had for me was honestly exactly what my heart needed. I just, I had no idea it was about to hit me. Um, You know, everything on paper looks fine. And so you guys are diagnosed with unexplained infertility. Lord, what is the deal? Why the waiting? I was really trusting in the statistics and really finding hope in the statistics. I think so often when we ask God why, what we're really asking is God change my circumstances. Hey, my identity doesn't come from the gifts, but it comes from the giver. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. In this episode, our guest shares three things she learned while navigating infertility and recurrent miscarriage. And our guest is none other than Kristen Clark, who is the co-founder of Girl Defined Ministries. She and her sister Bethany founded Girl Defined Ministries eight years ago, and you might be familiar with them. Bethany was on our podcast um, a few episodes back. And Kristen and her husband, Zach, have been married for 10 years. Actually, the day we recorded this episode, it was their 10th anniversary. Um, And they have experienced multiple miscarriages and have struggled through that, but have found victory. And they share those three lessons that they learned while navigating this. And so you're in to um, hear such rich wisdom from her today. Also, she is an author and a speaker and um, is, I think her, the way she speaks just comes through so clearly. Uh, and I think it'll relate to a lot of you who find yourself in this same position. Yeah. And even if you're not in this um, infertility situation, I think this is a good episode for people to listen to when life hits you hard, Uh, when some unexpected things are the way you didn't plan it to go this way. mm -hmm. um, I I think that you'll find some uh, wise words here. So tune in and receive. So welcome, Kristen, to the podcast. We're so excited to have you on today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I am excited about this conversation. Yes. We are too. This is a uh, subject that comes up regularly. Yeah. Uh, into our DMs. And um, this is, it's multifaceted. It's right. not just a simple one, two line answer. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about this with you. 
Mm -hmm. Because I know this is going to really touch a lot of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Kristen, um, we've been following you and Bethany and the Girl Defined Ministries for a long time. Mm -hmm. And we've been, we've had the privilege of seeing your story unfold, um, both the celebrations and the moments of sadness and all of that together, making this thing we call grief. And Um, your bravery in sharing it. Seriously. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So we'd love to yeah. start with maybe just sharing your story um, of infertility, maybe starting back to when you didn't even know, uh, if, if you remember that point in time, when you didn't even know that you were um, going to struggle with infertility. So maybe rewind, yeah. take us back. Well, it's funny because I'm from a really big family. So there are eight mm-hmm. kids in my family and we always jokingly call my mom the birthing pro because she was like home births, no epidural, cranking uh-huh. them out. And I so like, <laughs> I just always, assumed, yeah, literally <laughs> like, like she was a birthing pro. I mean, she just crushed it. And so, and I'm the oldest daughter, you know, very similar to my mom in a lot of ways. So I just always assumed I would have no issues ever. Like okay. when I got married, like getting pregnant, um, I would easily be able to have as many kids as I wanted, you know, mm-hmm. and I just imagined this perfect life with my children that were many copies of me. And, you know, it was mm-hmm. a very, honestly, like a very self-centered perspective of my future, but it was just like, okay. oh yeah, this is how it's going to work out. I'm going to get married young to my dream husband and mm-hmm. life is going to go exactly the way I planned. Oh, um, I yeah. am a type A, I'm a planner. I'm a ducks in a row kind of girl. Uh-huh. Do things more inside the box than outside the box. So I think the journey that God had for me was honestly exactly what my heart needed. Mm-hmm. I just, I had no idea it was about to hit me. So I, wow. my husband and I met and we were friends for a few years and that's a whole nother story. Um, mm-hmm. He finally spoke up and just started asking me out after years of me like, Aww. what is your issue? Um, <laughs> but he was just trying to get prepared on his end. He's like, I'm okay. just college and like save some money. So he was being really intentional. I just didn't mm-hmm. know it. So I'm like, either okay. he's really mature or like really dumb. <laughs> like one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out he was really mature. So he asked me out. We get married. Yeah. And actually it was, um, today's our 10 year anniversary. So happy excited. Thank you. 10 years, a whole decade. So how old were you when you, when you got married then? So 24, 24. Okay. Which means I'm 34. (laughs) (laughs) I was just looking at photos earlier, you know, like you post a little Instagram anniversary post and I did some photos from the past 10 years and I was like, wow, we were like babies, you know, like our love has grown by tenfold and our weight. I think we've gained at least, you know, 10 pounds each <laughs> when you look at those early pictures, like, oh man, we were a lot skinnier on our wedding day. Anyways, we got married. Little babies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Little babies. We thought we were so old, but right. you know, we get so married. Mature. So, oh, we knew we had it all, all figured out, all yes. planned. Um, but yeah, we got married and we were just open to having kids whenever. So we didn't okay. go on birth control. We weren't preventing. We were just like, yeah, it'd be nice to have some time to establish this marriage and just figure out life as a married couple, but we're just going to leave it up to God. Like if he wants to give us kids soon, great. If not, you know, that's his plan, you know, his prerogative. That's of course what I was thinking in my heart, but we all know, like, if you don't intentionally prevent you typically like get pregnant. And so Mm -hmm. I just assumed that it would probably happen fast. And we were excited about that. We were excited about having kids young Uh um, and kind of growing up like having lots of energy to take care of our, all of our perfect little kids that we imagined. And, mm. you know, the first year went by nothing. 
like no pregnancy. And I just thought, oh, wow, this is the Lord giving us the time that he knows we need to really build a a good foundation for our marriage. You know, thank you, Lord. And I just felt so Mm -hmm. surrendered. Like I was trusting him and life Mm -hmm. was just great. I mean, I remember thinking honestly, like, wow, life just feels so perfect. Mm -hmm. Like around our one year anniversary, like it almost feels too good to be true. And then the second year hit and people started asking, like people who knew we weren't preventing, like, hey, um, you know, so are y'all thinking about having kids soon or kind of waiting a while? Like they were kind of probing and I was like, yeah. well, we're just open to whatever God's plan is. But it, it really, at that time, after our one year anniversary, I kind of started like wondering, like, that's, that's kind of interesting, mm, you know, that we yeah. didn't get pregnant. I wasn't really concerned yet, but I just thought, hmm, that seems kind of long, like a year. Yeah. Um, and so I went to the Google, Dr. Google, to try yeah. to do some research and just figure out like, maybe this is normal. Maybe it's not. I don't know. And everything I read said, you know, if you're trying for a year and, mm-hmm. you know, trying, if you're not preventing for a year and you don't get pregnant, then maybe you should seek fertility, like some fertility specialist or some, okay. you know, doctor or something. And so I was like, what? Well, we haven't technically been trying, so that doesn't count for me. You know, we've just been whatever. Okay. So I was like, well, maybe we should, we should try and then give it like some time. Like track and, and doing the window yes. and yeah. Yeah. We weren't even you know tracking or anything because we were just like, whatever. And so then I kind of told Zach like, hey, maybe let's try to time some things and just see maybe what happens. And mm-hmm. so we were doing that, not super vigilantly, but just kind of on and off. And then our second year anniversary hits. And right after that, I got pregnant. And so I just okay. thought, oh, this is, this is exactly the Lord's plan. We weren't, mm. you know, once we started trying, then we got pregnant and life is just so good. And, um, we just thought, wow, our dreams are, are all coming through. And then six weeks into the pregnancy, um, we had just bought our first house. And so we were moving in, we were painting and getting ready. And I, you know, had the room picked out for the nursery and, um, six and a half weeks. Exactly. I'm miscarried and it was so sudden and so fast. It just kind of, it just blindsided both of us. And Mm. that was the first time that we had walked through anything seriously painful and hard together. And honestly, in our young marriage, it was really challenging. Like Zach was trying to figure out how to comfort me and process his own grief. Um, I was an emotional wreck. You've just got the hormones raging, the grief of the loss, the shock that it happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just all coming at us all at once. We were moving into this new house and it just felt like everything was coming down around us. And honestly, I, in my heart, I felt so confused at the Lord. I felt angry at him. Like, why is this happening? You know, why Mm -hmm. would you give me a pregnancy and take it away? But at the same time I knew, okay, first time miscarriages like that is somewhat common. You know, I had had friends and people I knew who had happened to. So I was still, you know, like, Lord, help me to sort of like trust you in this as I process this grief. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, like, okay, this is probably just just one off and then we're going to move forward yeah. things are going to be okay. And so mm-hmm. Zach and I were just struggling to process this together. How and- quick were you at reaching out to like support? Cause I know that a lot of people have a difficult time yeah. talking about miscarriages yeah. because there's maybe shame wrapped around it mm-hmm. or embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Um, how, yeah. how'd that affect you? Well, you know, we hadn't announced it publicly at all. Okay. We had just told our pretty much our families So in some ways that wasn't, I mean, that was intentional because we were like, let's just wait a few weeks until, you know, we see what happens. But, um, yeah, we, we told our families right away and they came around us and supported us. My mom had experienced a few miscarriages. And so like in between all of her Mm -hmm. birthing proness, and so she could relate obviously in a really personal way. And, um, 
all of our family pretty much was in town at that time. So my husband's parents, they're amazing. Um, his mom was super supportive. And, and so, yeah, I feel like between the families, um, and then close friends that we shared it with, I, I, I wanted to share, um, not like I wanted to talk about it. I mean, it was super hard, but I just, I knew like the people that loved me wanted to be involved in this, this Mm -hmm. really hard part of our lives. And so there was honestly a lot of comfort and hope that came from that. But I know as I've talked to a lot of women, that is really, really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think even the way that a man and a woman grieve differently and process miscarriage differently, um, mm-hmm. a lot of women I've talked to, they've said it was really hard for them because their husbands yeah. are a little bit detached from it because they're yeah. not physically carrying the pregnancy. They're not physically experiencing the miscarriage. And so, yeah. um, I did find a lot of comfort and support through sharing it with other women, like my mm-hmm. mom, my mother-in-law, close girlfriends, my sisters. Um, because even though Zach and I were walking through it together, I just found that there were things he was really struggling to relate on. And the way he was mm-hmm. grieving was just more of a man style, you know, yeah. versus yeah. a woman's style. And so yeah. we even had to work through that. Like at one point I asked him like, is this even hard for you? Cause you seem mm-hmm. like you're taking it really well. And he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm grieving differently. And I was like, yes, okay, he is grieving. Uh, it just doesn't look like the way you're grieving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was, that was kind of eye opening for both of us. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I am grateful that I reached out and I, I mm-hmm. encourage women all the time. Do not walk this alone. Yeah. Um, do not believe lies about you know, just lies of shame. Like this is somehow your fault or, Mm -hmm. um, Oh, I'm broken or my identity is wrapped up in my ability to conceive and give birth. Like just don't buy into those lies and isolate yourself. You need to reach out and have people speaking into your life, praying for you. So I was so grateful to have that, but, um, time goes on and six months later we get pregnant again. And I thought, okay, Lord, um, this is it. This is, this is the one that's going to stick, you know? And of course I go to Google again and everything mm. on Google says, you know, two consecutive miscarriages. It's super rare. Only like two super tiny percentage of women will ever experience two back to back. And so I think in my heart, I was really trusting in the statistics and really mm-hmm. finding hope in the statistics. Um, right. but at the same time I was thinking, mm. okay, I need to be surrendered. Like I need to trust God with the outcome because I know that anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I was really surrendered. I really thought I was trusting the Lord. Um, Zach, Zach and I were walking much more closely through it, knowing every day felt like a victory. Like, yeah. okay, you know, four, four and a half weeks, five weeks, five, it was like, okay. And then we hit six and a half weeks and I kid you not the exact same thing happened, oh um, in the exact same way, but this time we were kind of prepared. So he yeah. zoomed me to the doctor. Um, they did ultrasound and they said, wow, you know, you are bleeding, but everything looks fine. Um, Hmm. the heartbeat is strong and, you know, just go home and and rest, like just take it easy for the next few days, but everything's probably going to be fine. And it was later on that night, um, like around 1030 that the miscarriage (sighs) happened. And so it was kind of like a double jab because I, I felt for sure like something was wrong, but then the doctor said it looks good. Yeah. Such a roller coaster of emotions. Such a roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. So then here Zach and I were again, and it was the day after Christmas that we had found out. And Aww. so it was early on in January and it was just, again, like, Lord, what are you doing? Why, mm. why, why a second time like this from a human standpoint, this makes no sense. Yeah. Um, why do you have us walking through this? Mm. I was trusting you. I felt like I was surrendered. Um, mm. we're, we're trying to walk in obedience. You know, you start to, to just question everything yeah. and looking back on it. And Zach had made a comment much later on. He said, you know, I think 
so often when we ask God why, what we're really asking is God change my circumstances. Mm. We're not really wanting an answer as much as we're wanting him to change the circumstances. And that was so true because even if God said, well, here's why, here are all the reasons and that's not going to satisfy me. I'm going to still, no, no, just change this. I don't want Mm. this. And so Zach and I walked through the same process of grief again, and we hadn't shared it publicly yet either. We were even more gun shy this time. Like let's really wait a while. Um, so our families came around us again. And I do the second time I did feel like, okay, I now fall in that very small percentage of women who experience back to back. So something must be really wrong. Cause like up until that point, normal. people had still said, this is common. This yeah. is normal. Oh, everyone. So many yeah. people. Yeah. All the friends that had had miscarriages were sharing mm-hmm. their stories and we hadn't shared anything online about the first or the second one. Yeah. Um, and you were starting girl defined right around this time, right? Like eight years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, that is crazy. I didn't even think about that. So girl Define would have started. Yeah. Right around that time. I think wow. it was maybe even that the following, like the fall or the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's actually a really crazy kind of side story is that if, and this is, you know, God, God has his ways, but if the, if the pregnancies had, or at least the first or second one had come full term and everything, I truly don't think we would have started girl Define because mm. it happened out of me being married without kids and having a lot of time to just plug into mm-hmm. ministry and kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And my sister was walking through a long season of singleness. Yep. Um, God wasn't bringing her a husband. And it was through those seasons that we put our heads together and really wow. felt called to start Girl Define. But, yep. you know, yep. if things had been different, I don't think Girl Define would be here. And so yep. as much as I don't want that pain and that grief, it's, it's part of God's story and he it was is. working something bigger. And so seeing yeah. what he was doing through that, even glimpses like, wow, God, that wouldn't have happened. But uh, mm-hmm. it was like through the pain that you brought beauty. And so, it's just mm. trusting him, knowing he's working bigger things, even though we don't always see, sometimes so never see. Good. So, so good. yeah, that put us on a, go ahead. I was going to say, as you're sharing your story, I'm hearing lessons coming from it already. Yeah. And I know you have three lessons that you learned while navigating mm-hmm. infertility and recurrent miscarriage. Maybe as you're sharing your story, you can yeah. start sharing with us what those three lessons are. Yeah, totally. Well, so after the second miscarriage, that's when I, I really started examining my heart. Like after I, I processed the grief and just figuring out like, wow, Lord, how do I trust you? I thought I was surrendered, but mm-hmm. my faith feels so weak, so little. And I started to see this pride in my heart of, I, I had my plans, I had my ways. And, you know, why isn't the Lord determining my steps? You know, like mm-hmm. in scripture, it tells us he determines his steps, but this is my plan and my plan's a good plan. And so I would say the first lesson that God taught me through the loss, the pain, the grief, and really just my life going in a completely different, different direction than I had imagined was that God was teaching me to humbly submit my life story to him and Mm -hmm. to trust him with the plan he had for me. And, you know, that's so easy to say for Mm -hmm. any one of us, whether we're single or married, or even our marriage isn't turning out the way we'd hoped for or family issues, or we're in that season of singleness, or we experience divorce. It's like, Lord, this is not what I, what I ever imagined would happen. And so really humbly submitting to the Lord and asking him to to help us trust him. And that is just the hardest thing. And really for me, there was so much pride that I had to bring before the Lord over the next few years. And just Mm -hmm. again and again, like confess that to him and say, Lord, help me to be humble before you. You are God and Mm -hmm. I am not, you know, best. I don't know Mm -hmm. best. Um, And that was a heart posture that I was continually striving after because we started pursuing fertility, um, just not treatments right away, but just 
going in for some diagnostic testing, like what okay. is happening with my body. And maybe, maybe I have an issue. Maybe Zach has an issue. We just, we didn't know. And so we mm -hmm. went through all of the recommended preliminary diagnostic testing, got everything done, you know, and it takes mm -hmm. a few months. And at the end of it all, they said, well, um, you know, everything on paper looks fine. And so you guys are diagnosed with unexplained infertility. And we were like, <gasps> after all that is the that. most, and oh. I know it's a percentage of women who have infertility. They have, that's the diagnosis they give because they can't find a reason. Everything looks fine. And still to this day, you don't have still to this a day. reason. Yeah. I mean, there's oh. things they could point out to say, well, you know, maybe it could be this, this could be a contributing mm -hmm. factor, but a lot of women get pregnant just fine who have this these numbers mm -hmm. in this place or, um, you know, this issue, which is really minor, but maybe it is, but you know, maybe not. And so still to this day and, you know, Zach's oh. a perfectly healthy on paper too. And so yeah. we're like, okay, Lord, it was like another mm -hmm. level of almost praying for a problem. Like, Lord, can <sighs> you just reveal what the issue is? Yeah. And, and even in that, it was that a humble posture of, okay, Lord, you're not even giving us answers, mm. um, from a, an earthly perspective. Like, you know, what's going on. You have your reasons for this, but from an earthly perspective, it's, it's undefined, you know, yeah. it's unexplainable. And so trusting God with that. And, you know, you know Zach and I, mm -hmm. I was just gonna say, you know, it's interesting. I, I think observing people's life, what does trust look like? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're looking at someone and, and they, they are trusting. What does that look like? Because yeah. we know that trust is an active thing that we do. Yeah, it's not a passive thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I just was reflecting on, you know, as you're telling your story, you have all of this gut wrenching stuff happening and confusion. And Lord, help me figure out this, you know, my pride and my expectations and all these things that are mm -hmm. coming against you, and yet you still find a way in yourself to give, mm -hmm. you know, like build this thing that, that blesses women all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it could have been so, so like maybe if you were different or you wouldn't have been so prayerful to just shell up mm -hmm. and to hold up and yeah. to hold back and, and, you know, stay, stay internal rather than external and giving, yeah. mm -hmm. and, you know, in some ways, maybe God provided that for healing. Um, yeah. And mm -hmm. through that, you're healing other people. But I was just thinking, man, isn't it amazing how God works through people mm -hmm. to heal, even though when you're yeah. maybe not in a perfect state of where you want to be. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back to the interview. But first, we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So, you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. It, we focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a Q&A and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, we have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in, but we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right, back to the interview. 
Yeah. Which is what we're Mm -hmm. all walking in, in and out of seasons of that. Right. And that was actually another one of the things of the three things that God taught me was to just serve him wholeheartedly where he had me. Mm -hmm. I think so often unintentionally, we kind of, we have these, um, these mile markers in our mind of, you know, once I get to this place in life, then I'll really start serving God or I'll really get intentional. I'll really get serious. You know, once I'm married or once I have kids or, you know, Uh that'll be my ministry. And I just over and over again, God was pressing on my heart. This is the time today Mm. to wholeheartedly serve me. Don't wait until that prayer is answered. Don't wait until you reach that mile marker in your mind, um, but pour out right now, right where I have you and use the story I'm writing for your life Mm. as a testimony of of what I'm doing in your life and use that as a way to minister to others rather than viewing it as like a hurdle to get over and just get past. So when did you start sharing that publicly, like whether it was just on your personal social media or through Girl Defined or writing, Mm -hmm. when did you start sharing it? I started sharing, yeah, I would say early on in Girl Defined, I started sharing about because we were in the midst of it, you know, yeah. and we adoption wasn't really even on the horizon for us at this point. It was something that we thought was beautiful and awesome, but just not prayed about, but like did not feel like there was a green light there. So we were very much just in the midst of, okay, we've experienced these two losses. Um, but there was always the hope of like any month I could get pregnant because we right. don't technically have any issues. And so it was yeah. just a, a strange time of like, do we pursue treatment? Do we pursue adoption? Do we just be still in the sense of not really pursuing anything except just serving the Lord right now in Mm -hmm. this season? Maybe he set aside the season for a reason. Um, And so, yeah, I started sharing and it was amazing just how many, like anything you share, that's really personal, really hard. So many other people are going through similar things. And when we open up and share, um, I found a lot of encouragement and support Mm -hmm. through that kind of smaller community of women who had experienced loss or were Mm -hmm. walking through infertility or who wrestling with their unfulfilled longings. It was just like, so many of us are walking through this and it kind of compelled me, I think, to continue being open about it Um, just because I was being so encouraged. And I saw the encouragement that was coming from just having this conversation online with women. And um, Zach was brave and came on with me and did a few YouTube videos kind of early on too, which he's not big into like the YouTube videos. (laughs) And so I was like, Please, 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 please. And he's like, okay, let me come on and share like the most personal thing in my life. Sure. Yeah. Great. Yeah. With the world. But I was, you know, he saw the bigger, the bigger vision of, yeah. of why it yeah. was really helpful to share for both of us. And yeah. yeah. And so he was a part of some of that too, which was mm-hmm. awesome. And I'm just so grateful for his openness and willingness to, yeah. to be a part of it publicly. Um, Because he's not really like on social media or anything personally. So Mm -hmm. time goes on and we decided to pursue some fertility treatments. They didn't work. Mm -hmm. They were just very basic. We didn't do anything Mm -hmm. too extreme. We were just like, okay, let's try this. And Mm -hmm. and then we just didn't really have a piece about moving forward, just the cost. And I know every woman's journey is so different. I don't know moving in the future if we'll pursue anything, but at that season of time, uh, maybe it was like around six or seven years of marriage, maybe six, um, you know, and it didn't work. And we just thought, you know, we both had such a sense and just felt like the Lord was pressing us to just serve him where he had us to not try to force anything. Um, but just to trust him and to be Mm -hmm. free to serve. We had so much time, um, because we weren't running around chasing kids, right. That we were just married and we could, we could pour out. We've 
joined a church plant and Girl Defined mm-hmm. was taking off and the Lord was providing so many opportunities through that. And so looking back, I'm like, wow, God, you really, in so many ways yeah. had us in that yes. season. Wrote um, a couple books. Yeah. wrote a couple books and yeah. Um, yeah. And the Lord just, he knew the whole time, but it's so hard when you want what you want. And you're just like, mm-hmm. Lord, ugh, what mm-hmm. is the deal? Why the waiting? And so yeah time went on. And then, um, around, I think it was eight years of marriage. I suddenly got pregnant out of the blue, which was nice. so shocking. And Zach and I were totally like blindsided, but excited. Like, wow, maybe this is, this is finally like, this is finally the one. And the pregnancy mm-hmm. seemed really different. I, I made it past six and a half weeks, which was like the biggest the mile milestone. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, if we can make it past six and a half weeks, I feel like we're going to be good. Eight mm-hmm. weeks, strong heartbeat. Everything was great. And then, um, I, around 11 weeks, I just felt like there, something was off. I felt weird pain and just some bleeding. And I was like, this is not normal. Like I need to go in and just figure this out. But you know, we were hopeful because you, when you research online, it's like, uh, so Mm -hmm. many opinions and, oh, it could be something simple or it could be something complicated. So we went in so nervous. And I just remember thinking like, if this is going to turn out bad, I just don't, I don't even know how I'm going to like move Mm -hmm. past this. And so we went in and had the ultrasound and the doctor just got really quiet. Mm -hmm. And as soon as she was like looking at the screen and not saying anything, I was like, like, I just, I can't even handle this. And so she said, I'm so sorry, but there's no longer a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And Zach just, he was standing next to me, just grabbed my hand and we just sat there or I was sitting there and we were just in silence, like crying. And she said, I'm so sorry. I'll give you guys some time. So she left and we just both sat there crying. And I was just thinking it it was like someone had stabbed me so hard in the gut. And I just, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Like, this is Mm -hmm. so shocking. I couldn't even believe that it was really happening. So we went home, Zach took off work and I took off work and we just took some time to grieve Mm -hmm. and process. And it was at that time that I, I felt so like numb spiritually. And I never felt this way before in my Christian walk, just so numb. Everything felt so dark. God felt so far away. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, I didn't even know how to think. I didn't even know how to process. I didn't even know, like, it was just so much harder than even the first two. And I think just the long, because I was so much further along it had been so long. I felt like all my hopes and dreams were now all coming to the surface after I had kind of laid it to rest a little bit in some ways for the past five years. And so I just told Zach, I said, I need some, I need some spiritual like input. I need to know how to even think right now because I don't even know, I don't even have the thoughts. Um, and I know my thoughts aren't going to go in a good place if I don't have something. And so he just, he just got online and looked up, um, actually an article by John Piper. And it was literally like all about what to do when you're walking through the darkest moments of grief. And it was the most incredibly helpful article, which led us to a book called Therefore I Have Hope by Cameron Cole. And it's the most incredible book. And so we ordered it instantly. It came in Amazon Prime, you know, the next day. And we just started Mm -hmm. reading it together, like chapters at a time. And his testimony is one of losing a child, an actual, like, you know, couple years old child. And so just Mm -hmm. shocking suddenly. Um, And just, just, how you find hope in the midst of so much grief and loss. Like what is God's character? Who does he say he is? What does mm-hmm. he promise in for us in the midst of grief? And for me, having just someone speaking truth, even through a book, it was yes. so life-giving for me. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing I would say that helped me the most in this, the deepest, darkest part of my spiritual walk was um, I, I started doing a 30-day 
I guess, like a prayer, not a prayer journal, but 30 days of praying through the names and attributes of God, because mm. I, I felt like, like I said, God was so distant, so far away. And I was forgetting his character. And I was mm. really viewing him through the lens of my circumstances yeah. and just through the lens of my grief and my loss. And he, he wasn't looking very good through that lens. Mm. Like right. he wasn't looking like right. a very good God. Where are and you? So, God? Yeah. 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 Mm. And like, why? Like you, he felt almost cruel. Like, why would you give me this pregnancy, this gift, and then allow me to go so long in the pregnancy and then take Mm -hmm. it away. Like it just felt almost like a cruel joke. And so I just knew, I was like, I need my heart to be realigned with who God says he is. And I need to, I need to choose to believe that. And so for anyone listening, who's walking through a time of grief or even doubting God's character or his goodness or struggling to trust him, you can just search um, the names and attributes of God. And I, mm-hmm. I searched 30 days, um, 30 days, names and attributes of God. And mm-hmm. a little spreadsheet came up and it was all laid out for me. And every day it had a name or attribute of God. And then it had the scripture for where that was found. Oh, and I just used that mm-hmm. for 30 days. And I would look up that scripture and I would pray that name or attribute. And I would just say, God, help me to believe this about you. This is who mm-hmm. you say you are. And I am telling you after 30 days of doing that, my heart was revived. Um, you know, still grieving, obviously still for months to come, but just that, like, I needed that hope. I needed that truth. I needed that revival in my own heart. So, and I love that you and Zach endeavored that together. Like he, he was the one that looked up some support materials Mm -hmm. to help you. And you said, I need, I need a spiritual, you know, quenching of my thirst right now. And, you know, you, he came alongside you in that. And, you know, it sounds like even though you coped differently with each miscarriage, each loss, this one was one where you said, no, like I have to align myself spiritually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's, you know, who knows what would have happened if that didn't happen. You know, yeah. where would you oh, be yeah. spiritually? Yeah. I could see the spiral happening. And I was, yeah. it was kind of scary for me because I, you know, girl defined, I'd you know, written multiple books and had been walking with That's... the Lord for so long and felt like I was a strong believer, you know, in that sense yeah. of like, felt like I had a strong relationship with the Lord. And so it was kind of scary to be feeling so much of that, of just that darkness and that spiritual numbness and for the mm-hmm. Lord to feel so almost evil in a sense. And I just thought, wow, my heart is it is going to some dark places. I need mm. some hope and some help. And yeah, it was the best thing I could have done. And I go back to that sheet. It's like a little sheet that I printed out and I keep oh. it in my Bible and I look at that sheet because it is so for any good. season. It's so good, but definitely well, it represents so much. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah, it does. So the last thing I would share, um, as far as application, um, the third thing that, and this is, it almost feels like an oxymoron, but it was really trusting that God's plan is good. That mm-hmm. his plan for my life is good for Zach and I together. Um, mm-hmm. Even not that he delights in death, obviously, or miscarriage. Those are all hard. Bro- those are broken. That's brokenness that comes out of the result of the fall, right? Of mm-hmm. our broken world. Um, exactly. These things didn't exist prior to sin um, mm-hmm. and the brokenness we face. So it's not that God delights in it, but trusting that his bigger plan for my life through the valleys, through the mountaintops, the good, the bad, the grief, the joys, um, that he is working something that's greater for his glory and for my good and trusting that his plan is good, even when Mm. I can't see it. And, um, you know, just believing that and holding onto that. And then looking back now from a vantage point of 10 years of marriage, still don't have answers about the infertility, Mm. still don't know what the future Mm. holds. If we'll ever, if I'll ever have a biological child or not, but, um, there's so much hope in my heart because I am, I'm see, I see what God is doing in so many ways. I see the beauty that he's brought from the brokenness 
witnessed the sanctification he's done in my heart, the ways that he's strengthened my faith and drawn me closer mm-hmm. to him, honestly, in ways that only grief and loss can do because yeah. um, we're, we yeah. cling to the Lord in a unique way through those seasons. And he draws yes. near to us in That's a unique way. Mm-hmm. And, and so as much as I'm like, I don't want that, I look back and I, I can truly say, thank you, Lord, for the journey that you've had for me, for the story that you've written, because I've seen your goodness in ways I don't think I ever would have. Wow. That's beautiful. And, and clearly coming from a place of humility, you can tell that you've done the grief work, the spiritual work to humbly say what you just said. Mm, yeah. Only the Lord. It's beautiful. I'd be yeah. toast without him. <laughs> this, type a, this type A personality without the Lord, it would be a bad scene. <laughs> um, to kind of ask you a couple of just real and raw questions. You, you've mentioned some healthy coping skills that you used um, a very in a very spiritual sense as well. Were there ever any unhealthy coping skills that you mm-hmm. used where you found yourself turning to emotional eating or social media or um, anything that you're willing to share where you're like, man, this was n- I was not in a good place? Mm. I think early on, um, each miscarriage was a little bit different. The last, the most recent one, um, that, that for sure, I saw some just wanting to completely distract myself. Like mm-hmm. I don't even want to process this. I knew I had to walk through the grief. I knew it was mm-hmm. healthy to fully stare the grief in the face and say, this is real. I yeah. just lost my baby. I have to face this reality and I need yeah. the Lord to help me do this. I didn't want to, I didn't want to stare into it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just distract myself and just move on and be busy and not mm-hmm. think about it, not process it. That was like my go-to. Busyness. And I saw that yeah. tendency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just filling my mind and my life with everything except having to really process it. And I would say that was more after the initial gut punch. Like once I had processed maybe the first week of like, wow, this really did happen and Mm -hmm. I can't change it. Like I can't reverse Mm -hmm. this. I can't go back. That's when I found myself wanting to, I think just almost try to forget about it. But was the darkness then that you talked about, was the darkness the result of looking it straight in the face? Um, was the darkness the re Oh, when you said you felt distant from mm. God. Yeah. Um, you know, I, honestly, I think the healing came when I looked it straight in the face. I mm. think the darkness was there when I wasn't looking it in the face. Ah. Um, mm. and then once I, I knew, and it was through that book, um, therefore I have hope that really mm. encouraged me to look at the grief, to look at the loss straight in the face. That's when, um, that's when I faced it. That's when I really fully acknowledged it in my heart and in my mind and it, and really accepted it in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Like, this is what happened. I have to accept this. Yeah. Like, I don't have a choice. If I just keep ignoring it, I'm right. never going to be healed. I'm just going to so, carry this weight with me for years to come. Like I have yeah. to address this. So yeah. I think the healing came when I really fully took time to look at it in the face and process it. So good. Were there ever times when I know you're comfortable talking about sex, you wrote a whole book on it. (laughs) (laughs) Were there there ever times when, um, you know, sex meant trying for a baby and then you had a miscarriage and then you had to like redefine Mm -hmm. what, what sex was for you guys. Um, we get these questions a lot when we're talking about, you know, sex after babies, we have a workshop coming up on that and people flood in with what about sex after miscarriage and, and how do we navigate that? Can you share some wisdom with the ladies who are inquiring about that? 
oh man, I jokingly tell people that, you know, people <laughs> early on were like, oh, are you guys trying? And it was like maybe five years into maritime. Like we've been trying pretty much every day since we got married. <laughs> like we're, we're never not trying. Okay. Like it's just not working. Um, but yeah, that was something Zach and I really did have to work through, especially mm-hmm. after the first two miscarriages early on. Yeah. Um, because it, we were like definitely trying, but mm-hmm. we didn't want our sex life to be all about every month. We're trying to time it perfectly. And, but we still wanted to time it because we were wanting to get pregnant <laughs> exactly. and have children. So it was like this weird tension of how does this not become just so robotic? Like, okay, mm-hmm. today's the day I got to check it off. And so yeah. I, I'll be honest to say there were many months where it was that, you know, mm-hmm. I remember one time we had a big old <laughs> argument and we were both really frustrated, but it was the day like we had to <laughs> And so I just remember telling him, I was like, look, neither of us are very happy right now, but we just have to make this happen. And so I said, we need to set aside ourselves and just do this for the children. (laughs) (laughs) Do this for the children. And thankfully we didn't have too many like that, but there were some funny times where I was like, this is probably not how it's supposed to be. So (laughs) we did have to grow in that. And although we wanted to be intentional with the timing and even to Mm -hmm. this day, it's like such a habit where he'll say like, oh, babe, it's about that time. And I'm like, oh, I think it's tomorrow. (laughs) We've just been in this for so long that so it's long that like, you still track every ovulation yes, and it's yeah. just we, I just know my body I know when the timing is and yes. it's funny but we had to be really intentional to keep our marriage like spicy yes. and fun and for it to not just become this rogue like okay every month like do the thing yeah. and that's been that's been good I think cultivating friendship in our marriage outside of the bedroom and then keeping the spice in the bedroom um, yes. just being intentional to keep it to keep it fun and spontaneous and, and yeah, like, Oh, tomorrow's the night. Okay, great. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'll get the candles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's good. so good though. Like yeah. we've hear from, you know, obviously a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, you know, working with people where it does become robotic mm-hmm. and there does start to become, I f- I'm feeling used. I feel like a donor rather yes. than like we're mm-hmm. keeping our marriage alive and enjoying it. It's like, uh, okay, you know, yeah. It's, it's time for you to show up sort of thing. Yes. Right. And so that's really helpful advice, I think, for people in that stage where they're trying to get pregnant, but don't forget the spice yeah. and don't yeah. forget the friendship. The cultivating yeah. the friendship outside the bedroom. That's so yes. key. Yeah. That's yeah. been, I would say, looking back on our 10 years of marriage, the number one thing is as we've been intentional to cultivate friendship as if we were still dating, like Mm -hmm. taking an interest in each other's interests, doing things that we enjoy together. We both love camping, Mm -hmm. like going camping, having fun, laughing. It's like so much of life can become so routine, especially Mm -hmm. in marriage. You just forget to even like enjoy each other's company. And so the friendship as we've cultivated that and been really intentional, that has directly impacted the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And then honestly, like not idolizing getting pregnant. So really that heart posture of humility, those things that I share, trusting the Lord. Um, when you idolize pregnancy so much, it does affect the bedroom. It does affect your sex life because you become obsessed, like obsessed about getting pregnant, that everything has to happen and be perfect. But when you're surrendered and you're trusting the Lord, you're like, yes, God, we want this good gift, but we trust your timing. And then you don't become Mm -hmm. so obsessed about Mm -hmm. everything having to be perfect, you know, as far as the timing goes every single month. And then it just, yeah, yeah, it kind of steals the joy. So it's a work in progress though, for sure. Wow. Wow. And thank you. Thank you for sharing all of this. This is uh, so helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, it's really great guidance, even though they're Mm -hmm. principles, Yeah. Mm -hmm. but it's a powerful story that I think that you've walked through Mm -hmm. with 
this is how we get through something like this. Right. Through the grief, through the Mm -hmm. frustration, through the wondering. But you could still come out the other side um, with healing, like in it with a, I don't know, a positive attitude toward God, mm-hmm. yeah. still trusting. So yeah. tell us the the latter half of your, um, where you are right now. Yes. Yeah. Well, Zach and I just got back from the country of Ukraine about two months ago with two little boys that we adopted, um, which is, it's such a crazy <laughs> twist of the story because I never imagined that we would adopt. I always Aww. thought it was beautiful and wonderful and biblical and all the yeah. right answers. But in my heart, I just thought, oh, that's probably not the path we're ever going to take. Mm. And so for God to give us just the peace in his plan for us and then to redirect our steps toward international adoption, yes. which is a whole nother story about how we ended up in Ukraine. <sighs> um, but just, yeah, we brought home two boys, their brothers, oh, um, yes. ages 10 and six. And so we went from zero kids for 10 years to two kids that are older and yes. like fully doing all the older kid things. They don't speak <laughs> English. They only speak Russian. Oh <laughs> so my how's your goodness. Russian? <laughs> oh. uh, well, uh, <laughs> We got very deep on Hey, there we go. Way more I than asked, me. I asked, wow. do you speak English? That was one we had to learn in, in Ukraine, like walk up to a coffee shop and they'd, blah, 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 you know, say something in Russian. And we're like, we got very deep on Like, oh, no, no, no. They don't. Most people don't speak English over there. So it was wow. interesting. It's true. But <laughs> we were learning. And, you know, every day the boys are here. I feel like they pick up on English a little bit more each day. But yeah, we do a lot of charades, a lot of Google Translate. And oh, what a, a journey. I mean, adoption in and of itself, international adoption adds another layer, but then the language barrier. Yeah. You guys are, I mean, I think you said it earlier. You guys are definitely in the process of sanctification. Yes. (laughs) It has been a wild ride. And I just, Zach and I get in bed at night and almost laugh sometimes at the day. Just like, what is our life? Like, this is crazy. This isn't anything (laughs) we ever imagined, but we love it. Like we are fully embracing it. So yeah. And just God's plan. Like we were open to boys, girls. We were open to one to three kids, ages zero to 10. I mean, we were just kind of open to all the possibilities. And so God provided these two brothers and they're energetic and keep us on our toes. And we love active, an active lifestyle. So they just fit right in and lots of family in town and everyone's just fully embraced them. So yeah, we're learning, learning about how to be a family. Mm. Wow. Beautiful things happen when you learn how to trust. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yeah. I loved seeing the, the, pictures of your um of your family your new family <laughs> on uh, was it like right around mother's day right when you yes. posted it yeah i i announced it on mother's day which was yes. kind of a last minute decision but it was fun it's like oh I this love is really it. wow. oh. <laughs> well kristen tell us about your newest book devotional shine bright because i think that yes. will certainly help a lot of ladies who are it, find themselves in the middle of grief for whatever reason yeah. whether it's miscarriage and fertility or other um, journeys of grief that we tend to go through as women. Um, But talk to us about Shine Bright. Yeah. So Shine Bright, 60 days to becoming a girl defined by God. So it's just a 60 day devotional. And every day is just a nugget of truth about what it means to be a girl defined by God. And Mm. in my journey, I, I went through, like we said, so much sanctification and finding my identity in so many places that are good. Like, oh, motherhood's a good thing. Okay. Marriage is a mm-hmm. good gift. Oh, getting pregnant's a good thing. But my identity was in those things. They were becoming who I was chasing yeah. after them. And so just really learning, okay, my identity doesn't come from the gifts, but it comes from the giver. My identity's in Christ. I'm a daughter of God first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And, and he calls me to walk in that and I can be fully fruitful serving him, building his kingdom right now. And so mm-hmm. the 60 days, 60 day devotional is for every woman who just needs that daily encouragement 
encouragement, that reminder of who she is in Christ first and foremost. Yes. And it's just really practical, really fun. We share all, all of our crazy stories um, just awesome. throughout it. Bethany and I wrote it together so they can find it at girldefined.com or we're on all the socials. Um, yeah, but it's a beautiful devotional too. Bright awesome. and yellow, really cheery. I love the it cover. It is. It's very cheery. We'll <laughs> include it, a link in the show notes. Um, and then quickly, if you can just run down the list of your other books and we'll include those in the show notes as well. Ooh, yay. So Girl Defined um, is our first book. So kind of a staple all about being a girl defined by God. Um, and then we have Love Defined. It's more for our single sisters who are navigating dating, love, romance. How do I know if he's the one? Red flags I should look for. Mm-hmm. All the things. So <laughs> yep. that's a really good one. And then Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. Um, like you said, book on sex yep. for single or married women, just tackling all the tough topics like that women face pornography, masturbation, um, struggles that we face. What is God's design for my sexuality? Um, what yeah. are the lies that culture is telling me about this? And what does God's mm-hmm. word say? What's, you know, his word is relevant for us today. So, yes. um, but I would say the one I'm most excited about hasn't released yet actually. And it comes out this fall and it's called not part of the plan, trusting oh. God with the twists and turns of your story. And mm-hmm. that is where Bethany and I just, I would say we share probably the most vulnerably, um, transparently our journey of my journey of what I just shared so much of Mm -hmm. what God has taught me throughout Mm -hmm. this Bethany's extended journey of singleness, as we say, you know, getting married at 30 when she thought she'd get married at 20, just 10 years of trusting the Lord with that. So Mm -hmm. that releases this October and I'm October. Okay. How can people get on the list to find out more about that? Well, it's on Amazon actually. If you look up not part of the plan, you can get a sneak peek at the cover. You can even pre-order it. Um, but girldefined.com is where we have all all the info about all the books. Okay. Awesome. Well, we will link all of that in the show notes for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to close out this podcast. We're going to ask you the same question that we like to ask each interviewee. And that is rewinding back to the first couple years of your marriage. Um, what advice do you wish you would have received? And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Oh, dear young married couple, trust God with your future. Your future might turn out so differently than you ever imagined, but God has a good plan. And when you fully trust him, you can truly thrive and find so much joy in life. Yes. So good. I love that. So good. Thank you so much for all the wisdom and the vulnerability that you, Mm -hmm. and all the the tips. I I know this is going to really bless a lot of people. Yes. Thank you, Kristen. You rock. It was so great to talk to you guys. Keep up the great work. You guys are rocking it. Oh, Oh. thanks, Kristen. Folks, if you want to get in touch with Kristen or Girl Defined Ministries, you can find them on social um, at Kristen Clark. And we'll link that in the show notes. It's K-R-S-T-N-C-L-A-R-K. And then also at Girl Defined. And email address is Kristen at GirlDefined.com. So get in touch and get all the resources, all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kristen. Thanks, guys. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.